here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarron. You know, we uh, we had some feedback from our last show. Okay. Episode 94. More than one person told me or spoke to others and said that I was a little rude to you. Cutting you off, not letting you get picks in, forgetting your your existence, really. Jeff Hawkins. I'm being trolled. Hold right on, Jeff, Jeff, wait. <laughs> wait, I have breaking news coming into the news desk here. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Daniel, have you ever seen a ghost? Uh. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Shake Them Ropes, episode 163. Rob McCarron here will be joined by Jeff Hawkins and a special guest in just a moment. This is the third of three shows this uh, week for Shake Them Ropes. We were at you on Monday. We came back on Wednesday. And here we are today. Finishing up basically our coverage of the WWE draft and talking some fun things with our guest, LaToya Ferguson of the AV Club. We had a really great conversation with LaToya, so that'll be this episode. We're also going to be back on Sunday night. We are live Sunday night after WWE Battleground. Jeff and I will be on YouTube. Go subscribe right now. Voicesofwrestling.com slash YouTube. Go subscribe to the channel and join us Sunday night after WWE Battleground. We will be live with that episode. And then we will be back next Wednesday with our regularly scheduled Shake Them Ropes. And based on all the feedback that we got, based on asking on Twitter, you know, from our shows last week where we kind of discussed what our schedule should be, it looks like Wednesday is probably going to be the day that you'll get Shake Them Ropes from now on. Because that way we can discuss any of the big topics coming from Raw and SmackDown and not having to worry about being too late on something or too early on something. And it'll really help our pay-per-view uh, pre-shows going forward too, because that way we get what's happening on every event. Raw, SmackDown, we're not going to preview a show, and then a match gets added the day after we record. So I think Wednesday is going to be the day that we record from now on, so we can have everything to talk about and be the most up-to-date we can possibly be. So Wednesday evenings is probably going to be the time from now on that you'll start seeing Shake Them Ropes hit your RSS feeds. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, a whole bunch of different places. I suggest you go do that now. Find all of the links at VoicesOfWrestling.com slash STR. A really fun conversation between Jeff, LaToya Ferguson, and myself here on the WWE Draft, TV in general, and her Raw reviews at the AV Club. Coming up now on Shake Them Ropes, episode 163. Welcome back to Shake Them Ropes. Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins here, and we are now joined by our guest, and we are very thankful uh, she has taken a moment of her uh, day to come on with us here. LaToya Ferguson of the AV Club and many other places. I- I'm really looking forward to to hearing about the other things she's doing as well, but avclub.com, LaToya Ferguson. LaToya, how are you today? I'm doing all right. How about you guys? Doing so good. Doing so good. We had our uh, our customary brief conversation about the weather here before our show, so we uh, we were able to get that out of the way, and it seems I'm winning in that department, maybe. 
But uh, yeah, we have a, a big week, a big hyped week of WWE and whatnot to talk about. And uh, very thankful again that you have taken a moment to uh, join us here on Shake Them Ropes today. And uh, tell the people who may not be familiar with the AV Club work that you do, uh, tell the people about yourself a little bit. Oh, no. Uh, put me on the spot already. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess... I, I, can tell them, been... I can tell them for you if you'd like. Here, yeah, you tell them and I can tell you if you missed anything. If I missed anything or if I'm wrong about something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That sounds better. Yes, the writer is... who the writer who wants someone else to do her biography for her. There you yeah. go. Yeah, the... <laughs> Uh She's been doing the raw reviews for I think it's about a year and a half at AV Club, and that's one of the things I wanted to ask about. Like, how did that come about? But you've been doing the raw reviews, and now, if I'm not mistaken, you're going to be doing the SmackDown reviews. Is that right? As the uh, as the SmackDown reviewer for AV Club. I haven't gotten official confirmation that uh, the SmackDown reviews will continue, but fingers crossed. But I don't want to have to do the raw reviews. So, <laughs> why why is that? Why do you not want to do the raw reviews anymore? You just think SmackDown's a better show, or you think? Well, as two Kyle Brown tweeted, uh, everyone needs to read my SmackDown review, so I don't have to keep reviewing the show with Roman Reigns on it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, wow. The well, the way it came about is that there had been, you know, kind of uh, WWE coverage every now and then on the AV Club, you know, some. SummerSlam reviews, some WrestleMania reviews, and it became pretty obvious there were, there were quite a few writers on the AV Club that were clearly wrestling fans. And I'm yeah. like, hey, this is there's a there's a niche here. This is something that I think that uh, the people, the readers, will enjoy, and they let me like uh, have the ball and run with it, and still have raw reviews. Sadly, we don't have NXT reviews anymore, but that that-, was, that was while it lasted. Is that something while that you tried? Because I'm unfamiliar with the NXT reviews. How long did that go? Is that something that you actually tried at not, AV Club? Definitely not as long. Yeah, that is something I tried, but uh, the readership was not good. Oh, yeah. And then people would uh, ask me, why don't you do Lucha Underground? I'm like, if people aren't reading the NXT ones, people aren't going to read the Lucha Underground right. ones. It, that, <laughs> that's, that's just the way it is. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And, and Jeff and I have seen this, you know, when we're doing our show or when we're seeing interest uh, um, whenever we write anything anywhere uh, on small scale. Uh, we can cover, uh, we get the most engagement about like NXT and about, uh, you know, some of the non WWE stuff, but we see in like the listenership and the amount of people who are following us whenever we talk WWE and especially raw, like that's where the numbers actually come in, even though you might get more feedback on something else sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And I did, uh, NXT for about three, four months last year during the summer. I see from takeover, uh, unstoppable, to a little bit before takeover Brooklyn. And I got to write about takeover Brooklyn and takeover respect at least. So that was good while it lasted. Now, were you a television critic over at the AV club as well? And then just kind of morphed over to wrestling. I wasn't technically still am. Okay. Because I I noticed it's weird. And and this is actually something I wanted to bring up uh, with you. You're a wrestling fan though, through and through before you started doing the raw reviews and whatnot. And I noticed you don't put we, we don't put grades on the on the raw reviews on the AV club. Is there a reason for that? Oh yes, uh, wrestling in general, especially WWE, is just too vast. I think because everything in W uh, in AV club is graded against itself. So to think of every episode of Raw there's ever been and to grade an episode against itself, it would drive me insane. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so you being a wrestling fan because this interests me at least into in how you go about critiquing a show 
do you watch it with that fan cap on or do you fight against your fandom and watch it with the television critic cap on? Like I have to watch this like a regular show or do you kind of lower that bar to be a wrestling fan and kind of, for lack of a better term, threaten your credibility a little bit with the other AV writers who are like trying to be all highbrow a little bit about their television shows and the scripting and the storylines and whatnot. I mean, given how much I write in, in any given review, I doubt anyone could say that I lower myself a bit. I wrote over 3000 right. words on the SmackDown draft. I didn't uh, mean it like that. I just yeah. meant as, as as watching it as a critical art form, so to speak. Are you watching it more as a television show, or are you more watching it as a WWE fan? I'm watching it more, and this is something I guess I, when I was starting my reviews, I had to really discuss a lot. Uh, more as just wrestling in general, I find, I, what, part of what I love about it so much is that it is like a, a pure performance art. So I don't necessarily watch it like as a television show, but at the same time, I do. It's kind of like wrestling is very all-encompassing, so I have to watch it as more than one thing. I can't just be like, hey, I'm just watching this episode of Raw. Mm-hmm. I can never do that. I have to watch it as so many different types of things at once because wrestling is so many different types of things at once. Absolutely. Do you ever uh, catch yourself like fantasy booking, or is that something you try to do, try not to do? Like where where I would go with WWE kind of thing? is. is- I try not to. I think the... Like, the furthest six and I have gone to in terms of fantasy booking, uh, and I, I just did it, like, in the SmackDown review, wasn't saying how Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn could work, Yeah, basically. And because I've been seeing a lot of people saying, oh, we should have a loser leaves Raw uh, match. Like, we don't really right. need that. Right. Just, like, literally have the, the authority figure step in and be like, don't do this. Have them sign a contract, like a no-contact contract is what I wrote. That's literally all you have to do. And then there's, like, there's something to be gained from something as... Just, in my mind, simple as that, basically. I, was, I said in my uh, review, even WWE SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, figure that storyline out, like, 13 years ago. Yeah. Which, uh, so you uh, reviewed the draft episode for avclub.com. Uh, the people can find you on Twitter at LaFergs, L-A-F-E-R-G-S, if you yes, want to see more of LaToya Ferguson. Which show, uh, after the draft, looked better to you? Which, as a fan, is the show that you would be more interested in watching? Uh, despite certain draft picks not making a lot of sense, especially on the SmackDown side, I, I think, see, I think both shows are actually really good. Yeah. Uh, SmackDown in general, I was already more excited to have because just from years of brand splits and drafting, SmackDown's always been, you know, the wrestling show. So that'll be more fun. Although I'm not really, I'm already like dreading weekly Shane McMahon because uh-huh. Shane McMahon's return has driven me crazy. It's driven. It's driven you crazy. What about Shane McMahon is driving you crazy? Just the fact that he comes out here, he sweats right away, and he's he's trying to remember his lines after two sentences. Not the sweat as much as the pleather jacket. Okay. You'll, now, you'll, now you'll remember the pleather jacket when next time he wears it because he wears it so many times. I cannot but see it. Sp- specifically, uh, the misogynistic aspects of his character. Oh, the, 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 I want my sons to take over and you should have been born a man stuff. And yeah, like oh. he's, he comes back because here's both the story and what literally happened. He was upset that his ideas weren't being like, uh, taken into consideration. And he basically left because of that, because he wasn't getting his way, whereas his sister was sister and her husband. 
And then in the storyline, he comes back. He's like, you need male heirs. Hey, I'm a dude. I have sons. Stephanie's only a woman with daughters. And then we have just more vats. And then we have the testicles thing. And then we have, ha, 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 you guys are drafting all these women. That kind of stuff. See, it's interesting because I've always thought the reason that they make Stephanie such a, for lack of a better term, an emasculating character is to more than make up for their misogynistic past. I don't think it's that. Uh, It's kind of, uh, I think Brandon Stroud said it best, does it best with Stephanie and Triple H, even though they're obviously they have moments, is that neither one of them can ever like show weakness really for the most part. They always have to be the coolest people in the world. Yeah. And honestly, every time uh, Stephanie brings up like, you know, feminism or, you know, being a tough woman, it's always kind of like something they're supposed to be booed. Like date lady balls is an awful thing to say, but I was like, I wrote my review. I was so happy when like the women in the crowd definitely cheered when she said lady balls, because honestly (laughs) I was so tired of Shane and all of his like, if you're not a man, you're terrible crap. Right. It was really awful. Yeah, they, they it's it's a McMahon family trait where, and it you know you can go back as far as the invasion even where you know Vince doesn't want his company or him to to show ass so to speak and get have someone get one over on them and now it's transferred to the next generation. I I the the term lady balls though I uh. there there's part of that. That makes me think you want to be taking seriously in the business world, in the corporate world. You're coming out with this biography, and that's what you're going to call it. It's uh, okay. it's so crass. It's, I mean, I guess is Lady Balls really any worse than grapefruits? And we've had decades of grapefruits, honestly. Right? No, it, it's not. <laughs> but no one's it's going. It's still all to, terrible. It's still all terrible. But I if agree. Vince McMahon came out with a biography or autobiography, calling himself the King of Grapefruits or something like <laughs> that. You know, no one's gonna look at that and go, "Yes, there's there's a mess, there's a there's a titan of industry right there." <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and what was it? Shane also said it on that Raw, like um, Stephanie married a wrestler to get ahead, which I don't think I've ever heard it uh, be said in that context because everyone always like said back in the day, like, you know, Triple H married the boss's daughter to get right. ahead. Yeah. No one has ever until this moment said Stephanie married a wrestler. Like a man, you know, to get ahead. I'm like, where is this coming from? It's absolute. Uh. I know we commented on that earlier this week. It was like the only one in the history of the world in following WWE that thinks that it was him at the high rise. And Stephanie was like, let me climb up there with Triple H. Yeah. It's <laughs> never been done. Shane McMahon was, to me, during the show, trying to come out with these lines I think to keep up with Stephanie anyway, because Stephanie just goes out there. She doesn't really care. She knows nothing. Nothing can touch her. No one can touch her back there. Basically Teflon. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's talking about CrossFit Jesus. He's trying to make these jokes. Daniel Bryan made the joke about Mick Foley being obsessed with the women. Like it seemed like from everything, from the draft picks, from the fewer talents on the show versus raw, from everything, including the GMs and the way they were speaking, uh, SmackDown was just on a little bit lower of a level than raw. And it was kind of, it was slightly embarrassing. It was. And and for me, it, it's watching Shane, and he's already not a very good actor because he can't remember his lines at all. But it's like watching a guy try to improvise who's not very good at improvisation. And Stephanie has already taken a look at the script and going, all right, here's where I can get my digs in. And I'm just going to throw him off the entire night. Yeah. He's a whole new, uh, he's a different person. From when he was around the first time, when he was around the mid 2000s up to 2001, 2002. And then this Shane McMahon. Now, of course, it's been 15 years and he grew up and everything like that. But it seems like just a whole new person 
than when we saw him the last time. My question is actually, is it actually a different person or is it the problem that he hasn't gotten to evolve the way that Stephanie has in the uh, business yeah. because he has been so far away? He could be the same person within the context of like, you know, 15 years later, basically. Sure. Yeah. Because he didn't have to be around. He didn't have to uh, adapt to stay on screen and stay uh, in the in the business world for sure. I mean, the guy left and then uh, he just comes back as an on-screen character. It's very, it's just, it's just very weird, but you brought up a mention of, you know, things that didn't make sense based on where talents went in the draft. What were some of the ones that really stuck out to you as far as uh, this talent going to this show didn't really make a whole lot of sense? Uh, well, Kalisto going to SmackDown after we are introduced to the Cruiserweight Championship being on Raw. Mm-hmm. And then especially after they, they split up the Lucha Dragons too. Yeah. And uh, Sin Cara goes to Raw. Uh, there's the big one, which is Cesaro on Raw instead of SmackDown. And I, I, I wrote about this in my review specifically, how uh, SmackDown drafting Baron Corbin, so sh- like it feels like he got the spot Cesaro should have had. Sure, yeah. Now, what about uh, this Cruiserweight Championship going to Raw? If you're reviewing the SmackDown show for AV Club, say that takes off and, you know, as a live show with a unique talent roster uh you know i see it likely because people are going to want to watch this john cena show right they're going to want to watch the john cena aj Styles show uh do you miss having to write about the cruiserweights is that something that you look forward to like i wish i could have been writing about the cruiserweights i think you no know, then i can just uh, honestly just get to enjoy it okay yeah so that, that i don't have to like pick at it as much as i would i, I mean i'm still gonna pick at it <laughs> just my my natural way but i won't have to be like oh hey another sincara match it's a very interesting division because I think a lot of people, uh, at least listeners to our show and you know some in the internet bubble, were probably thinking, okay, all these guys in the Cruiserweight Classic are going to be coming up. We're going to sign all of them. They're going to be the Cruiserweights on Raw. When in actuality, it looks like, I mean, Jeff and I talked about this earlier on a previous show, it looks like it's going to be the Finn Balors, the Sami Zayns, the Sin Caras, the talent that's already up there making up this Cruiserweight division just as a brand new thing, almost like an intercontinental title for a different set of the roster. Yeah, the question eventually becomes, you know, will they be able to get out of this cruiserweight, quote unquote, hole? Yeah, because it's yeah. the same talent that if you brought up Finn Balor, if you brought in Sin Cara, if you brought in, you know, Sami Zayn's been in the picture here over the last six months. If if you just added another championship, say you brought back the European championship, it's the same talent that's going for it. Why? Mm-hmm. Why pigeonhole as cruiserweights? Clearly, what the, the, the title they should have brought back is the hardcore title with 24-7 rules. <laughs> That'd be kind of awesome. I, I want to backtrack just a little bit um, to your origins. How did you become a wrestling fan? Because I've met you and your mother at PWG, and I'm not sure if mom is a wrestling fan or got you hooked on that. I seem to recall she did, but I wanted to hear about that because women are not not generally the target audience wrestling, so to speak. So I I, I just find this interesting. <laughs> Yeah, uh, she got me hooked on it. Uh, we grew, uh, I grew up on it, me and my siblings. You know, it was the 90s, so everyone was watching the wrestling. My mom loved uh, Shawn Michaels, so I, in part, love Shawn Michaels. And, of course, I, I realized the truth that he's better than Bret Hart. So, <laughs> <laughs> and I always, um, I guess it just got with my creative side of things. I always found myself fascinated with just the art form of it, the behind the scenes, the storytelling. So uh, I did take a break from wrestling for a bit because I, I had seen the fatigue. Uh, but then it was actually um, 2006. I was like flipping through channels actually. 
and I hit uh, TNA, uh, everyone's favorite uh, wrestling show, of course. Uh, I hit TNA. I saw Kevin Nash, who I was familiar with, obviously, and Alex Shelley, and they were just talking shit, basically. It was one of those paparazzi things. Yeah. Paparazzi oh, yeah. production things. And it was just them talking about, you know, how Kevin Nash outdrew both The Rock and Stone Cold combined. Yep. And I'm just like, this is hilarious, whatever this is. And I, of course, I would see other wrestlers I recognize, and then I fell in love with, like, the X Division. That got me into indie wrestling, and then obviously the rest was history. I, I feel like if WWE brought in more charts and graphs, those would those would really take off. I mean, I'm, I'm I mean not... that's why People Power was so successful. The People Power chart. Absolutely. No. No. Not so much. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> I, I I would like to see something though. I have yeah. Kevin Nash was clearly there. Alex Shelley was clearly there. Like, hey, I'm on screen with Kevin Nash. I don't have anything better to do in TNA. And Kevin Nash is just like, no one's going to fire me. So they were just having fun. And I yeah, would love it if great. more people were, yeah, more people were having fun on television. Kevin Owens certainly is. And look how it's, I mean, he's portrayed as kind of a big deal. Like he, he's not going to win every match, but he's not losing every match. And he's a exactly. little bit of Teflon right now. Sometimes you just want to go out there and have fun, right? Exactly. Uh, Jeff, Jeff really misses the hardcore title. He's very upset that it's not around. Oh, no. Well, uh, Jeff, other, other, been... than, other than, go ahead. I was going to say, have you been keeping track of uh, the DDT uh, Iron Man title? That's a 24-7 rules <laughs> title, and it's pretty good. I, I watch so much wrestling right now, I couldn't possibly add DDT onto my thing, though. Well, they're though. like two-minute matches, and Joey Ryan has them all, all the matches. I'm literally... <laughs> like, they're I, two minutes at most. I'm following the entire, entire thing on Twitter. I don't know who the current champion is right now. I'm assuming it's Joey Ryan, but I'm following it on Twitter. Like, everyone's had it. Ricochet, Ricochet lost it in his sleep. Uh, let's see. Uh, Joey Ryan's cat won it. Yeah, that, that happened. Yeah, Candice uh, LeRae, I think. Oh, so we, so we, so we've taken the Crash Holly notion and just amped it up to ridiculous. Uh, what is what do I like to say? Unrepentant stupidity levels, and yes. I love unrepentant stupidity. So maybe I should seek this out then. Okay. Yeah, Joey Ryan just beat uh Brian Kendrick to win it back in 16 seconds. Like, there have been moments just like, oh, hey, just sign this. And then it's something that says, oh, well, I've, I'm vacating the title. And then someone can win the title that way. Yeah, it, it's been absolutely nuts. And this is and the silliness aside, that kind of brings up another thing is, Latoya, you're not because I've heard you on other things. I, I listened to you. You were on the Ringer podcast with David Shoemaker uh, a month ago. And there was a question I had for you on that. But first, you talk about other wrestling. You're not just a WWE fan. Is that right? What, what else are you That's watching correct. out there? I try to watch as much as I uh, as humanly possible. Honestly, uh, I was just catching up on Evolve earlier today. Actually, that was like a, a few shows behind. But yeah, I try to try to watch it all. I'm I'm I will admit I'm not the biggest CZW fan. <laughs> no, like, nor death anyone in that building. Just aren't for me. Yeah. But like I I will watch the occasional show because I know they they have very talented wrestlers on there. Yeah. It's not all death matches, but you know I'm not gonna like watch a full CZW show through and through just because I know it's not for me. It's the death matches. What number though. evolve are the death uh, matches? I, oh, I'm sorry. Oh. It, the what you can answer Jeff's question. What what number evolve are you? Uh, what was it currently on? I just finished uh 62, yeah. which was the one that had. The street fight, EC3 and Drew Galloway versus uh -huh. uh, Gargano right. and TJP. Oh, yeah. Six, 64 is is pretty great uh, coming up on that. I, I'm loving that whole kind of fantasy league 
wrestling that Evolve has become, where you can see, you know, the WWE stars and the TNA stars kind of crossing ships in the night type of thing. And they're using all those types of backstories to to feed this angle with the Chuck Taylor, who's now working TNA and, and Evolve and, and Drew Galloway being the head of this. And Drew Galloway is cutting some of the best promos of his career, I think, in Evolve. Yeah, it's good stuff. This is, this is what wrestling can do. It can transcend. It can just be all over the place. And I'm glad WB is kind of em- embracing that fact now. Cody Rhodes is headed to Evolve in Ring of Honor. Were you a Cody Rhodes fan in WWE? Yes, very much so. Uh, I also, I, I've mentioned this before too, I, I like religiously watched the JBL and Cole show. So I got to like fall in love even more with Cody Rhodes and Wade Barrett together just from their greatness on that show. You know, I kind of wish there were more stuff that could show off the wrestlers' personalities since that no longer is around. But yeah, big Cody Rhodes fan. I'm very excited to see him on the indies and in Japan. Yeah, the, the Wade Barrett's of the world, too. The Wade Barrett, I was a huge fan of Wade Barrett all the way back from NXT when he cut the Winds of Change promo. And, you know, he's he's just a guy that seems like he gets it. And that's probably why he's leaving WWE right now. And maybe he'll come back. But who are the who are the Wade Barrett's of the world currently in WWE that you see might have or might make the most of the fact that we have brand split right now, that we have split rosters and there's probably a little bit more TV time to go around? Who's going to be the Wade Barrett's of the world of the current generation? Well, when you say it like that, that sounds very bad because the Wade Barrett's of the world should have been <laughs> winning the championship. That's true, uh, yeah. Who, who's going to outlast the Wade Barrett's of the world? Who's going to be better? Who's, who's going to make the most of it? Who's going to be the Wade Barrett that's not held back? That's right. Who's going to be what Wade Barrett should have been? Uh, I there you hope. go. There's the question. There it is. I want to hope for Cesaro, of course, but he might just be the Wade Barrett. Um, let's see. Kevin Owens... Yeah, because da- Daniel Bryan, when he first when he was just coming into WWE after the whole NXT thing and he was a mid Carter and he had those uh, those split shows to be able to work, he eventually worked his way into the world title. So he was kind of a Wade Barrett for a long time, but he broke through. Wade Barrett never could. And I don't think it's going to be Sin Cara. Maybe WWE is ho- hoping it's going to be Callisto putting him on SmackDown. Do, they, do you think they might see something in Callisto where he can be actually a single star outside of a cruiserweight division? Kalisto is an interesting thing because he's had a, a rough couple of weeks. Uh, there was the like very uncharacteristic botching in the Lucha Dragons match against Brizongo a couple weeks ago. And um, there was, of course, his uh, post-draft promo. Did, did you guys see that? We, we oh, did, yeah. yes. The good, the good Lucha thing. Sadly. God damn it. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, don't, no, I, think, I don't know what he was trying to speaking say. Speaking of which... Speaking of which on that, I think, you know, we talk about Cesaro being that guy. That promo that he cut, his post-draft promo, I think might be the start of something. If he can take that kind of same, you know what, I'm not being controlled, I can talk right now, spirit, and takes it to the main show because that promo was brilliant, especially starting off with, I got drafted to the show I didn't want to be drafted on. And you, it seems like such a weird, refreshing thing when when they're doing nothing but kind of repping the home team by wearing the red and blue shirts, which I find kind of dopey to begin with. Especially, why are you repping Raw when you're working for a heel Stephanie McMahon who you know is going to screw you over eventually? I, I liked that kind of refreshing honesty where it's like, I don't want to work for Stephanie McMahon. I'd much rather be with my friend Daniel Bryan right now. Is there any chance... Because I think this is what they say when they say backstage, 
you got to make your own breaks. And I think part of that is a test of are you going to break away from this 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 scripted drivel we've given you and try and make something of it? Is, is there a possibility that this is Cesaro's come to Jesus moment in his build? At this point, I don't want to say it is just because there have been, uh, as we're comparing him to, you know, the Wade Barrett, there have been, uh, like, WWE has had the wrestlers doing this on stuff like the app and, like, the Raw and SmackDown fallouts for ages. Uh, yeah. Wade has done this. Uh, Cody's done this. Dolph did this. Dolph actually cut a really good promo, too, uh, post-draft we can talk about, talk about. And it's just like, I want to believe that it will lead to something, and probably elsewhere it would lead to something, but I don't want to, like say, oh, this is definitely going to lead somewhere because I've seen how it hasn't time and time right. again. No, all the, all the backstage vignettes that they've had the, on, on the app, at least, or on the website, they've always mm-hmm. had the, a great ability to write great vignettes on there that you want to see on TV. The, the draft show on the network was far better than anything they put on that SmackDown. I, I just... For me, I'm not understanding the disconnect of why that stuff gets us so jazzed and why that's the stuff that gets so much buzz in the social media circles that they so desperately love, and then they don't put that stuff on television. As far as I know, those are the things that aren't written, though, right? Yeah, Yeah, for the most part. Because if they were written, I doubt we'd have things like Booker T just point blank, blank saying, hey, they hate Roman Reigns. Well, they're produced, but they're not... Yeah. heavily scripted. I mean, you get your kind of your talk. It's kind you of the whole get your bullet, bullet points or something. Right. But yeah, they're not giving you the dire scripts because it's, and I don't even want to completely blame creative because I'm sure we've no. all seen like those things like, hey, here's the things you can and cannot say on WTV or like if you're going to say something, you have to say it like in a certain way. So they their scripts are only based on the rigid standards that, you know, Vince McMahon or whoever's at the the top of that or like saying you have to do this. So it's never going to be natural. Yeah. I ne- I never blame television writers um, for the lack of creative on WWE because they're not allowed to think outside of the box, so to speak. It, it's, it's to please the showrunner, so to speak. Yeah. And you have to make, make the voice sound basically like the showrunner. And when the showrunner wants everything to be a specific kind of awkward way, it doesn't matter how good of a writer you are, honestly. <laughs> We had right because uh, go ahead, John. Go ahead. Yep. Oh, go no, ahead. I, I was gonna say we we we've known we've known people who who have who have written there and and you know what they're they're creative people. I mean some I mean and and you go wow why didn't any of that come on screen and then you realize why. They're also trying to save their jobs, right? They wanna they wanna make oh, yeah. sure that the boss likes them. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So it, oh it, yeah, it's kind of that weird circle. You don't, yeah, you don't go in day one and go I'm more brilliant than all of you. So. Here's yeah. how I'm going to book everybody. Listen to me now. <laughs> Who's who? Although maybe you should try that because that does seem like something that Vince would respond to. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll respond to it. All right. I won't like the way he responds to it, <laughs> but uh, he'll respond to it. Who, If there was one talent, maybe Latoya is getting hired by WWE. She's a writer and you have Vince's ear right away. Who's the one talent or the one act in WWE and maybe even in NXT that you would take under your wing and you're like, I'm going to make so-and-so. Who would that be? Okay, so we're living in a magical world where WB hires women writers, first of all? that That's step one. Yeah, I've, I've broken the glass ceiling in that already. I, I'm very powerful. 
uh, and you're there and you're you're like the top one. You I mean, we have Doc Hendricks. Michael P.S. Hayes is is asking you for advice. What what do you do? This all seems like a, a magical fantasy world. Let's see. Damn you, Latoya, just play along. I'm sorry, Michael P.S. Hayes is asking me for something. Who, who's the talent? Yeah, Michael P.S. Hayes is going there with his fanny pack. He's pulling out a list of talents yes. from his fanny pack, and he wants to know, of this list, Latoya, who's your guy? Who's your woman? Who who are you going to push to the top? Hmm. Who am I going to push to the top? And you can choose Tino Sabatelli if you'd like. Oh, okay, then. Hugo Knox. I'm just kidding. There you go. Uh, That's a good one, actually. I don't actually, have, has I, have either of you seen Hugo wrestle? I, uh, yes, I, I've actually, uh, I went to the performance center last year and in demonstrating the little bouncy ring that they have, they had Hugo Knox come over and do a moonsault and he botched it, of course. And I'm thinking they knew he was going to. So I, I've actually seen him wrestle up close. It is prettier now oh. than it was. It's not necessarily pretty though. Okay. Um, let's see. Who, let's see, the fate of the world is on my hands, basically. Who should we push to the top? Who's going to be the, basically the Cena? Yeah, who who do you want to make the Cena? I don't want to make the Cena. I can't, we just have more than one Cena. I'm going to push Finn Balor. Okay. Push Finn Balor. Absolutely, absolutely. He's an Irish Cena. He he could be an Irish Cena. He's got he's got the smile. He's got the he's got the patience. It looks like. I mean, the guy makes Lego sets. He seems to have the patience. Uh, that's probably a good pick. Are you worried at all that, you know, he's coming in, he's under the 205 pounds. You know, we have Stephanie talking about how the cruiserweight division is coming to raw and now Finn Balor is in there. Uh, is Finn Balor in the cruiserweight division a bad thing? It doesn't have to be a bad thing, especially if we want say, we're going to take Finn Balor to the top of the mountain, right? Mm -hmm. In theory, if you want him to be that next John Cena, a highly decorated uh, wrestler, you would want him to have the Cruiserweight title just so, you know, he has, like, that that, that first thing. He had the NXT title, now he has the Cruiserweight title. Right. The next, maybe tag team title, you know? Like, let's just take it all off the box. The problem is when you have him, like, stuck in that box. Yeah, and I'm worried about the sticking in the box, too, Jeff. Yeah, uh, so am I. I mean, especially especially if Vince finds out that he does play with Legos. <laughs> um, as a fan of independent wrestling, what do you see that the independents are doing that maybe WWE should steal from, so so to speak? What is something like, say, a PWG does right now? Because that's the hot one amongst, quote-unquote, wrestling fans and even amongst, say, hipster culture if you want to go that far because i know i've had talks with people who go there are more people here who are pwg fans fans and actual wrestling fans so to speak mm-hmm. so not not limiting yourself to pwg but just you know your evolves whatever what what's something on the independent circuit that you see right now that wwe should probably try to do more of right now i mean they're doing the best they can right now but i would just like more legitimate outside competition like if you're going to have an open challenge it doesn't have to be someone necessarily in the company themselves i still uh, one day hope that we'll get a new day versus elite match but of course that won't be until the elite is in wwe unfortunately it seems but if they could change that and we could have like an open match between you know wwe and some people from some other promotions i feel like everyone wins really i don't really need a wb to you know to take other things like really specific things from independence because 
wrestling's constantly evolving anyway, so eventually they will have that, you know? Has it been a huge surprise? Like, what's happening over the last year in wrestling? We have, you know, WWE talents showing up on NXT, but also Evolve Wrestling on the same shows as TNA talents. Like, going growing up as a wrestling fan, when you would see everyone in one promotion and one promotion only, basically, like, how has the last year surprised you as a wrestling fan with with talent going everywhere, with the companies that are successful, with WWE introducing, you know, cruiserweights and whatnot. What's the last year been like for a fan uh, in your perspective? It's honestly, it just made me really happy as a wrestling fan, even though obviously there are things to always criticize and I I always do, but it's just because, especially watching so much wrestling, I kind of, I love the inclusive nature. I love that I can watch WWE and they'll mention another promotion that like, just a few years ago, they would they would never, never. they would try to dance around it. Yeah, like it's, it's just refreshing to feel like, hey, we we actually do care to evolve, no pun intended, or just to like say, hey, there are stuff outside of us. It's okay if we mention this or even yeah. allude to it more. It's, it's okay it, because we're still WWE. Right. We yeah, have, it's almost like they're not they're not talking to you like you're you're an idiot. Yeah. They're talking to you like you're a smart wrestling fan who may have actually seen these guys outside the we, company. We know so other companies exist. We're not the only ones. We're right. the major leagues, but we know everyone else exists. That that's something they wouldn't do five years ago. You're absolutely right. Exactly. What is the uh, what is the company you're most excited about? So outside the WWE, is it because you can go to PWG shows that it might be that one? What's the company out there you're most excited about right now? Yeah, it does help that I can go to PWG shows, and just in general, even it's because PWG is that is that atmosphere basically a lot of time. Obviously, fantastic wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Jeff knows like that atmosphere is you kind of have to be there to understand it. Really, it's like no other wrestling show I've been to, not even Lucha Underground, really. Um, but I'd say uh, Lucha Underground, PWG are are up there for me as far as the promotions go. Uh, but, uh, AAW actually, I really love too. I, AAW, I feel like kind of slept on, but I guess call it like the Midwest PWG. That, that certainly seems what they're trying to be right now is the Midwest PWG. Do you, do you still watch TNA? You mentioned how you got into TNA in the mid two thousands. Is that something that you're still following? I do still follow it. I, I did take a break from it, uh, uh, for a while because of certain people who, you know, fucked with it, brother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watch it uh, slightly frustrated because uh, leadership is still, you know, the biggest hindrance, I would say, for the yeah. company. But they have so many talented individuals. I couldn't, like, just completely shut it off. And there's so much good. And, you know, Matt Hardy is broken, so. Matt Hardy is broken. That was actually what I was going to I was gonna ask you once you brought up TNA. Was, in your opinion, what was the final deletion good for TNA and, and quote unquote wrestling, or was it a blight that we should be embarrassed by when we talk about it? Because <laughs> the former, the final deletion is high art and it's great. And it led to a really overly produced WWE segment that we shouldn't talk about. But uh, yeah, the final deletion is great. Broken Matt Hardy is great. Calling everyone a brother Nero is great. Yeah. Changing my mom's phone series to <laughs> call her mother Nero is great. <laughs> You did that, huh? It's it's inspirational. Inspirational is what it is. She just not like being called Mother Nero, but it's it's what happens anyway. (laughs) I don't don't know if you've seen this, but Hardy tweeted out today that uh, they've now come out with an extraordinary xylophone (laughs) t-shirt. 
Oh, I don't know if I'm at the, the level yet where I want to spend money on this, but at the same time, I'm oh. like, maybe I should spend money on all this so like before it's all gone. Well, well that's definitely <laughs> the trouble because as great as this has been, and you might have more people watching the show, like where is the money in the final deletion? Because they they don't tour. There's no TV tapings that are paid. They're all free to get into. So that's like been the one thing you you're finally doing something, but there's no way I can actually spend money on it. Like I can watch it for free, and maybe your ad buys go a little bit higher. But there's no money coming in on it. There's just there's just no business. But yes, you gotta check out the T-shirt. It's it's a T-shirt for Maxel for the kid, it, <laughs> a xylophone King Maxel and little baby handwriting. Uh, you know, it's it's absolutely phenomenal, uh, phenomenal that thing. But what what is now most exciting to you? Because I you know this draft. What what are you looking most forward to? It could be on Raw, could be on SmackDown, could be the split pay per views, could be anything. What? After the draft, NXT. are you most excited about? Could be NXT, could be the Cruiserweight Classic. I don't know, whatever it may be. What is it for you? Alexa Bliss destroying every woman on SmackDown, especially Natalia. Oh boy, <laughs> she's gonna blow up. She's gonna. She's coming in all blissed off. She's gonna be, uh, you know, dominating everybody. Who do you? Uh, so Carmella is gonna be on SmackDown. You got Eva Marie on SmackDown. You got Alexa Bliss on SmackDown. Eva Marie is Raw, right? Uh, no. I don't think so. no. She went to SmackDown. No, she smack. She, she went to SmackDown. Oh yeah, yeah she did. Go, yeah, she did go to SmackDown because uh, yeah, I even mentioned that because now she has to uh, dye her hair blue. Yep. Because otherwise, she's lying to everyone with about this all red everything thing. Yeah, it can't be all red everything. She well, unless she wants to be super mega heel on the SmackDown run. Like I'm not changing anything. I'm all red. It doesn't matter. Uh, Alexa Bliss or Carmella, who's going to be a women's champion first? I want it to be Alexa Bliss. I, I like Carmella. Carmella's great. Like Alexa Bliss, I just I wanted them to strap a rocket onto her. Honestly, she's shown me a lot in the last year. Yeah, and just her her character work is great. Her facial expressions are like they're on another level. Basically, people always talk about you know the tr- next Trish Stratus mm-hmm. in terms of character work. I think Alexa Bliss has that like down pat. Honestly, Jeff, would you agree Alexa Bliss or Carmella is the ne- as the uh, the first one to get a women's championship? Oh, uh, it, out of those two, yeah, I think I think Alexa Bliss's heel run has done wonders for her, and and it's shown everybody how much of a rubber face she has in terms of those those <laughs> expressions, which are which are great. Um, I'm actually quite, kind of interested in an Alexa Bliss Becky Lynch feud. I really am. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get now. Well, as the lead writer of SmackDown and Raw, Latoya, you can actually get that done. <laughs> Yeah, that can happen. Yes, of course. Michael P.S. Hayes is asking me about this too. Yeah, he's well, okay. Let let's go. Let's go to the raw roster then. And who's someone on there that's kind of under the radar that you think might have an opportunity here? Let's see. Let's. I should have just picked like opened up the list, but I just expected you guys to do all the work for me. <laughs> we can. We can. Oh, I'm Actually, sorry. I'll give you. I'll give you some names here. I'll give you a couple of names, and you uh, pick of these. Because we got Jack Swagger on there, which is one that, you know, a lot of people are looking at. Like this guy, if he had a little bit more TV time, could actually make something of it. You have Curtis. Mr. Jack Swagger was fantastic. I mean, I I don't ever want Jack Swagger to really talk or wrestle, but I'm fine with him showing up with his chain wallet and his polo shirts and just being in the background with people being like, who is that? Oh, wait, it's Jack Swagger. And the cargo shorts. The glasses. In flip flops. (laughs) No, that there's a character for Jack Swagger. Uh, Cesaro is on the show. Sheamus is on the show. They drafted Sheamus on the television portion of SmackDown as if he's still a big deal where he's just I I don't know anything about Sheamus these days. Like, I don't know what to make of him. What is going on? Him, him and Del Rio both. They, yeah. yeah, they were the last two and on the, on the show. And it's just like, 
I knew they weren't going to be high up, and I, I had mentioned that before the draft. But it's just like, but why have they fallen so right. much? I, I said, like they need this brand split. It's basically it has to help them. I'm like, I even wrote, I don't even care if they just wrestle each other for like the entire rest of the year, like they did back in 2012. They just need something. Sadly, they separated them, so we can't have Alberto Del Rio versus Sheamus round 80. Yeah, people still forget Sheamus was the undisputed world champion of WWE seven months ago. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. What about non-WWE? What What are the TV shows that LaToya Ferguson are watching these days? Uh, what am I watching on the, on the TV? Uh, I love me, well, I'm frustrated with, but not as much as the rest of the world seems to be, uh, Unreal Season 2. So everyone should be watching Unreal Season 1, if you have not, by the way. And then you can see if you want to see Unreal Season 2. Uh, what else is on TV right now? So I, keep, I keep seeing you tweet about Angie Tribeca. Yes, uh, I'm no longer reviewing it, sadly. But yes, Angie Tribeca is great. Uh, the first season, it's very much, uh, it's like a naked gun police squad type show for, you know, the 21st century. It's very good, very full of attention to detail. It's not a show you can, like, just put on in the background and, like, do dishes. You have to actually watch it. Okay. But it's also a very funny show, too. It's like, the reason you have to watch it is because otherwise you're just going to miss all of the jokes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And the, se- the, the second season... Um, it's more serialized and it's like it's approach to like dark, gritty dramas like a true detective. And the first first season was just like typical procedural mocking. And this is like, oh, we're a super serious show. And it's so good. Uh, let's see more comedies. Uh, another period on Comedy Central. That's also in its second season now. Everything's in its second season right now. So they can and jump on it early. Somewhere. Yeah. So you should be able to. Uh, I know all of another period, I believe, is on Comedy Central like on their website and you don't need like a cable account for that. I think the same for Angie Tribeca is also on TBS. Like you can find all these things legally, like on the streaming services or on their website. So if you need to watch this, do it. Now I'll, I'll co-sign on, on another period. Uh, my friend Lauren is actually going to be on, on season two and it's a, it's a pretty darn good show. Are you, are you also team game of Thrones? I am not. I quit game of Thrones seasons ago. You were probably smarter than I was. Then. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! I was going to ask about that, but uh, no. Um, huh? You know what? I was going to double back real quick since since you brought up Alexa Bliss. How do you feel about Nia Jax on the Raw roster? I'm fine with it. Like she does need more polish, but I think at this point it's the kind of polish you can only get with working with more experienced wrestlers. And honestly, seeing her reaction, I'm just like, oh, you, you're a great person. You deserve this. Uh. I don't, yeah, because I don't think much longer in NXT was going to do all that much, really, as opposed to someone who's already been on the main roster uh, far earlier than it should have been, Apollo Crews. He got, yeah. he left the Performance Center NXT way too early. And I say this as a fan, I, w- I was a fan of UHA Nation, but he's kind of struggling because he was called up so early. He never seemed to really catch his footing. Like he had the matches and whatnot, but he was around in NXT for what seven seven months since SummerSlam time of last year. And they didn't put him on the microphone. They didn't really have a big feud for him. The only program he was really in was with Baron Corbin, and I, I, that's not going to get you ready, in my view. Yeah. So yeah, maybe maybe just a little bit more time. Didn't have to be a world title contender, but doing something on on NXT might have been might have been just a little bit helpful. Need like you know, character work and more like character motivation other than like, obviously the stuff about, you know, his family 
and how uh, you know he achieved his dreams. That's great, yeah. but that's not enough character work to actually show the motivation for why he does anything in right. the spring or why we should actually care. It's like that's a good over that's a good overarching motivation, but you need something for the week to week and he doesn't have that right now. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a reason for me to pay attention and give you a chance, but not a reason for me to keep the chance with you and to keep exactly. keep paying attention. Uh Lafergs on Twitter at L-A-F-E-R-G-S. You can catch her writings on pro wrestling and other topics in the world of television at AV Club dot com latoya do you do any podcasting you're obviously you're very good at this and i heard you on the ringer and the ringer uh podcast that you were on was excellent i was a big fan of that one uh do you do any podcasting uh with uh with wrestling or with tv shows or anything in your uh in your time yes uh, i have a tv podcast called the televoid uh me and my podcast uh, podcast partner uh, mora we discuss uh bad television uh Maybe just some bizarre television. It's kind of like a how did this get made for TV in a way. Uh, we've watched some really bad things. We've watched some good things that had no business being on TV whenever they aired. Uh, we just watched a show uh, from 2000 starring Milo Ventimiglia, Chris Evans, yes, Captain America people, and Allison Mack from Smallville called Opposite Sex. And it lasted for a season and they were all... Oh. Yeah, it, it was. God, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, and we just got we got extremely frustrated with a certain character, who who was not obviously not Chris Evans or Milo Ventimiglia, but it was like we we spent a long time just talking about this character played by an actress who doesn't even act anymore because it was so frustrating in a show that actually was kind of <laughs> ahead of its time, but also it came too late. It came like at in two thousand. It was pushed like a year later than it was supposed to air. And it's like, Oh no, you're still very nineties, but you were just pushed a year later. You're, you were doomed. So yeah, it was one, it was one of these, it was one of these friends ripoffs. Wasn't it? Oh no, This was a, a high school. This was a high school oh, drama. No, that's right. That's right. Okay. My fault. I was thinking of something else. Were you thinking of perfect couples? Perfect yes. couples was the friends. Yeah. There were, there were a lot of friends ripoffs. that came, It seemed like in the early two thousands, mid two thousands that were just popping out, hoping one would catch on. Happy endings did catch on, it did. and then it turned out it was too weird for ABC. <laughs> that's what made it catch on was that it was so good. Happy endings. Yeah, what's the worst comedy you've seen doing this show? Uh, let's see. There's of course, and th- a lot of these are shows I've already watched, and I like want to subject my, my podcast partner to it. Uh, but there's uh, the U.S. version of Coupling that was. <laughs> garbage trash is Lindsay, is, is Lindsay price on that one yes that's what began <laughs> my, my uh rivalry with Lindsay price that she knows nothing about she also oh, yeah, no. like she's saying the themes like she's saying the cover of perhaps 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 that was awful because i remember you loved loved the joke i wrote once where i go this show is so bad it Lindsay price probably could get it canceled or something like that because <laughs> she's always the barometer of that bad one season show that doesn't even make like week four because it gets canceled because she's so bad on these things exactly oh. so yeah if you if you want to listen to that episode you should and if we get enough uh reviews uh on our itunes we're gonna do a drunk uh episode about the entourage movie so because yes we've, we've definitely done an entourage episode for the podcast but if enough if we get enough reviews and the like on itunes 
that, that this is happening. I'm going to have to watch the Entourage movie, you guys. Not just an episode I'll of the give, movie, but a drunk episode of the movie. And I can confirm that drunk episodes play. I'll <laughs> give you a show from my childhood that's way before your time that, that is so bad you got to watch it. It's called Manimal. Oh, I know. That's on our list. We're, we're going, oh, is it? Okay. It's on, yeah, it's Perfect. on our list. We're going to do it. That's like uh, the My Mother, the Car of the 80s. It, it's <laughs> so bad. We've done some really uh, intense episodes. We did uh, an episode on Early Edition, the Kyle Chandler show. Oh, yeah. where we got yeah. Tomorrow's Fish- newspaper today. Fisher Stevens. Yeah, big time. That's a pretty good one. Uh, our John Doe one, which is actually what caused me to eventually write about John Doe for the AV Club. It was like a fever dream. I think it's like one of our best episodes. So you guys should definitely check that one out. Check out the podcast, Televoid, the Televoid. You can find her writings at avclub.com. Catch her on Twitter at LaFergs. LaToya, thank you so much for joining us on the show this week. Thank you for having me, you guys. This was fun. Thank you so much to LaToya Ferguson of the AV Club and elsewhere. Go check out her Televoid podcast. Big thanks to her for joining us on the show this week. Next week, again, we will be back on Sunday night after WWE Battleground, and then we'll be back next Wednesday also with a special guest. So we got the special guests lined up for this show. So if you like hearing Jeff and I talk about wrestling, you like hearing us uh, bring on some other opinions next week, another good show as we'll have a special guest talking about the first episodes of raw and SmackDown post draft. That's right. We're not going to have John Cena on raw. We're not going to have Seth Rollins on SmackDown. We got first post draft shows to talk about and so much more catch shake them ropes on iTunes. Go to bit.ly slash STR iTunes It would be great if you also left a rating and review of the show. We would appreciate it greatly. You can donate to the show at paypal.me slash Rob McCarron. That's paypal.me slash R-O-B-M-C-C-A-R-R-O-N. Catch us on Twitter. Jeff is at CrapGame13. I am at ShakeThemRopes. We hope you come back to Shake Them Ropes on Sunday night and next Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening to Shake Them Ropes, episode 163. In the world wrestling podcast there is a new shining star with great interviews analysis music and and me matt coon on total engagement go to any podcast platform to listen today enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.